0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Down to Earth with the Burucharas. So thankful that you're tuning in for this conversation today. This is our second guest episode of our season on relating with parents as adult children. You might recall that our first guest, Candace, is a parent herself to young kids and gave awesome advice from a therapy perspective. And in today's episode, I'm excited to announce that we are talking to an actual parent of adult children. So, you know, we've spent the last two episodes talking about emotionally immature parents and the dysfunction that comes with that, how to navigate it. But today, we are talking to a parent who I believe got it right. Man, this episode has so much wisdom. I felt like I was just like hearing the proverbs of Anne-Marie Smith. And fun fact, today's guest also happens to be a parent of one of our listeners. So shout out to Sasha Rose for the connection. Quick intro about our guest. I encourage you to read a full bio in the description. Anne-Marie is an experienced leadership and project consultant, and she's also a parent, educator, coach, and speaker. And so She's She's been in the game, y'all. She lives in Jamaica, but has worked internationally with clients across the world, and it's just a privilege to hear from her today. She has a parent education and coaching program called Parent Possible, and I love the fact that she not only shares from her expertise and experience as a coach, as a consultant, but she also shares vulnerably as a parent herself who has gone through the transition of having a child, become independent, leave the home, and trying to address what that looks like from both perspectives. Let's get right to it.
1: So when they were toddlers, I was their caregiver. When they were perhaps between, let's say, four and eight, ten, I was a sort of a tutor. And then there came a point with the caregiving, this this is incremental, I was still doing the caregiving, but I was also now a tutor. And then I became a mentor. And as they grew older, I became their coach. And so the primary role I play in my children's life now is that of coach.
0: Hey, folks, just a quick one. Unfortunately, we lost the first two minutes of the conversation. And so this conversation kicks off when I asked Anne-Marie what inspired her to get into parenting coaching after spending nearly 30 years working with the government of Jamaica. Here's her answer in the rest of the conversation.
1: Uh, my own recognition over time, that parents are perhaps the most, are the leaders of perhaps the most important organization in society, and that there was so little that was going into developing their capabilities to do this critically important role, as well as the kind of social impact that I was seeing from less than desired parenting, and the social cost that that was leading to. I did not do parent perfectly. I am never asking anybody to do parenting perfectly, but I I think I did a, a very good job of parenting. I could have done a better job had I had the kind of support that I try to provide for parents now. In my, my previous professional role within government, there were lots of resources that were pumped into preparing leaders to lead, a lot of money. It was the most expensive kind of training that you would find parent leaders to lead. They were constantly being put through training programs. They were being sent to different parts of the world. People were coming to them where they were. They were being offered coaches and so on to lead organizations. And the same kind of support was not being provided to parents to lead this other most critical organization. And I believe that if we put more resources and more effort into equipping parents, then a lot of the work that we do on the back end, some of those things that we try to do in terms of correcting some of the social ills, And so on. And even some of the training we do in the organization, we may not have to do. And so because that's where my heart is, um, I decided to go into into parenting education generally, but to become a a parenting coach because Mm -hmm. of the kind of success that I have had as a parent. One of the things that surprised me as I parented my two children is the kind of feedback I would get from people about how they saw the job that I was doing. I was seen. I was being told constantly, you're such a great parent. How do you know what to do what you do? You're such an excellent parent. I just thought I was just being a parent. I wasn't doing any extraordinary job. But the more people asked me questions, the more I got the feedback from people, the more I recognized that while I had spent time equipping myself and while I also had the advantage of, of transferring some of the skills that I was learning on the job and in my other roles, other people didn't have that, and of course I had the the backbone of my Christian life that was piloting how I parented as well and continues to do so
0: I now see the the parallels so you talked about in your in your in your in your previous job you were spending resources, lots of money, lots of investment in helping build the capacity of mm-hmm of those who you were working with, and you saw a gap with, with parents. It's like, where are, we, where are we getting this training from to allow us to equip us to be successful at these roles? And it sounds like in addition to, you know, your Christian grounding in your foundation, you were able to apply some of the principles that you were teaching and, and learning in your professional life, and you applied it to your parenting. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah, because that's—it's interesting that you mentioned that—that that your, you know, your your peers would be like, "How are you such a great parent?" And you're like, "What? Are you, what do you mean? I'm just—I'm just doing what I'm doing," you know.
1: Just doing what I know to do. Um, yeah. Trying to do a better. My parents did a great job parenting yeah. us, and um, you know, your parents want you to do better than they did, and you also want to you you want to be a step ahead of what your parents gave you in terms of making them proud and what you're able to give to the next generation. And so based on what my parents gave me and based on what it is that I learned, um, I was able to, do the, the, to be able to do the job that I did, of course, with the Lord as my guide. You know, David, I call myself a greedy reader. I'm greedy for learning and I'm greedy for knowledge. And I, as a child and as, as, a, as an adolescent, as a young adult, I read. And I read everything that came in front of me. And that opened up my world in a particular way. Um, that provided me with a kind of education that you don't get in school and you don't, be like, not get anywhere else. I wasn't just reading, um, I wasn't just reading the kind of documentary type kind of novels. I was reading everything you can think of. I was reading it, right? Mm. Uh, and so when I went into the workplace, I was also being asked a question. How do you know the things you know? I know them because of how much I read and being able to apply those things that I read. But in the, in the workplace, in my professional life, when I was being coached or when I was doing coaching programs, I could take those lessons back to my own children, back to my own family, not just my children, and back to the other kinds of communities that I was a part of. And so one of the things that I did as a parent as well, and a part of what my success was as a parent, was just expose my kids to reading. Um, yeah. And now they, they read. I don't read much anymore. <laughs> They're not yeah. the readers, but I... I had my children fall in love with reading so that the world would be opened up to them. And we were. I was careful about what are those core values that we. I want my children to grow on and to maintain throughout their lives and to live those values myself. I mean, in everything that I do, whether it was at work or at, at home. Um, I want to say one other thing to something that you said before. And it is that when I was in that professional role going to work what I call every day um playing a senior role in government and having responsibility not just for a portfolio back in my office in Jamaica but also extending that work into the rest of the Caribbean region after a point I faced a really serious tension and the tension that I faced was this is not what this is not what I want to focus on what I want to focus on is something that I consider to be even more important I want to be a parent and I would prefer to be a full-time parent because I could see the value of being a full-time parent. Life just didn't allow me to do that at that time. So I did face a real tension. I gave everything that I could to my job. But I, I faced a tension of if I had the choice right now, where would I really want to be? What would I really want to be doing? Um, and that was to be a full-time parent to, to Sasha and Walter.
2: Wow,
0: I'd imagine that many of us, if not now, will probably face that tension as well. Because, in in a way, I think what's implied is the weight of responsibility that one has as a parent and wanting to do your best. And I do appreciate that again that you shared earlier that you weren't a perfect parent, and neither neither are you advocating for perfection, right? But there is a way that one can progress towards being a good good enough parent. And the thing you mentioned about reading, I think is pretty profound because I would also credit the podcast. You know, I mean, the success of this podcast, much of the lessons that I've learned and shared on this podcast are just due to just my love for reading, specifically content regarding, you know, related to mental health, related to relationships, And just reading outside of, I guess, what one would consider, like, the normal, you know, stuff you read in school, the normal stuff. Like, just my passion for that has, in many ways, allowed this podcast to go where it is. And then I end up reading, you know, certain books. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if this author would be willing to come on the podcast. (laughs) And then the guests come on the podcast. And I'm like, oh, wow, it's, it's easy to bring an author on a podcast. And just to see how for you, how you reading outside of, you know, what everyone else was reading allowed you to provide so much value, not only in your workplace, but now you've also inculcated that same culture into your own kids as well. So I just want to highlight that. And for anyone listening, I think that's such a valuable lesson, the gift of reading.
1: Absolutely. It's a dying skill, some would like to say, but it's one that I I work on reviving among, children as much as I can and encourage parents if I'm giving a gift to a child more often than not it's a book
2: wow wow more often
1: than not and the parents will say to me they don't read David doesn't like to read David doesn't want to read I just want to meet David have a conversation with David get to understand what gave David's interests are and I'm going to get David something to read and David is going to read for me David is going to begin perhaps to like books and so it's it's really tapping into what it is that drives your kid, even when they're very, very young, what are their interests? So if a child likes spiders, which I don't, <laughs> what's wrong with buying them a book about spiders? They're going to be fascinated by that, right? Mm-hmm. And you challenge them to read, make it fun, make it a game. Uh, I find that we give up very easily with our kids these days by putting them in front of the screen um, and handing them all of these gadgets. The kids will read. If we require them to read, they'll read. And if we mm. inspire them to read, they'll read. If we read to them, if they see us reading, they're going to read.
0: Mm, right. Because, yeah, especially kids, they they imitate a lot. So mm-hmm. learning by example as well. Wow. Wow. I'd, I'd definitely like to, to hear from you. Um, You know, in your in your parent coaching program, Parent Possible, there's this really interesting quote that I'd love for you to elaborate on. And it's the first time I've ever seen this quote. And it says, while childhood passes quickly, parenting is forever. While childhood passes quickly, parenting is forever. Um, could you talk more about what what that means in the context specifically of of parenting adult children? Because I, I would assume that's what it means. It's like it's this thing that lasts well beyond.
1: Yeah, I sometimes change that up. So so I'll talk about it, but I sometimes change it up a little bit by saying that while childhood passes quickly, being a parent is forever. Just to share that parenting in the way that you bring your children up is not the same as the relationship with your adult child. So I have two young adults, a son and a daughter. They're no longer children. Their Their childhood is behind them and has been behind them for a while. But I'm still their parent. And I still am involved in their lives, not in the same way that I was when they were younger, because the different stages of your offspring's life requires you to show up differently. So when they were toddlers, I was their caregiver. When they were perhaps between let's say four and eight, 10, I was a sort of a tutor. And then there came a point with the caregiving, this this is incremental. I was still doing the caregiving, but I was also now a tutor. And then I became a mentor. And as they grew older, I became their coach. And so the the, the primary role I play in my children's life now is that of a coach, or it's almost like I'm a consultant. I'm a a sort of guide on the side, but not one that imposes. At least I try not to. Sometimes I feel like I want to still. I try not to impose, but I I allow them to know that I'm there. And I, I, if they invite me, and I would love for them to invite me to support, to guide, to counsel, not because of what I have learned intellectually in 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 studies or so on, but a lot of it from my own life experience. And because of the relationships that I have with them, and because I know them. And so sometimes because you know somebody, it's easier for you to provide them with a particular kind of guidance, recognizing that they may not, they're not required to, they don't need to, to take your guidance, to take your recommendations or but they may. And sometimes they may not do it immediately they're likely to do it eventually and that's why trust is so important in the parenting child relationship teach your children to trust you not just by telling them but by living it trusting them and doing things really that they know you will be dependent on. keep your word mm. it's one of the safest way to do that
2: mm. Mm.
0: so if i heard you correctly As a child transitions into adulthood, the parenting relationship changes. Where, as a parent, you now operate as they become more independent. You operate mostly as as a coach in a coaching role, which is interesting. I, I, you know, I never perceived that even growing up. You know, who tells us this? Who 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 tells us? You know, now your parents, you know, you're growing up. Your parent is now going to be a coach. Well, you learn that. You know, you now have to start paying for your own. Expenses, become more responsible, get a job. But then it's like, but how exactly do I relate to my parent differently? I think that's it feels like a bumpy ride for many people, but I think that clarifies it in a way, like the the coaching role where you're not like you said, you're not really imposing your authority in a way or or ideas or, or thoughts, but you play a critical role in guiding and advising from a place of trust would that be accurate
1: that's that's accurate that's accurate sometimes i laugh at myself (laughs) as a parent um of of young adults because my children have said to me in the past why are you coaching me (laughs) mom why are you coaching me and i say i don't know what else to do and they say why don't you just tell me what you think might be happening or what is what i need to do or how i need to do it and i said um because you haven't invited me to to tell you or to share that way with you, and I know you have the ability to think it through yourself, and what i what what I have found is that now my kids coach me right, and sometimes I roll my eyes and I think what what's wrong with these kids <laughs> what do they think so now now they coach me, but yes, being their guide on the side in asking them sometimes you know sometimes as a parent you may see them making a decision or you may see them going on a particular road and you know that there might be pitfalls there. And you also know the, the right thing to do is not to always save them from every pitfall. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to let them step into the it and learn the lesson. But um, there are times when you can ask them some questions to see if they can recognize where they're going and what alternatives they may have. And so as best as I can, when invited and sometimes uninvited I will pose some questions my my children like to say that I love to drop questions on them and I I do that I do that sometimes sneaking a question here or there
0: yeah yeah and I'm sure especially as as the experience as a coach it's those heavy questions you're like Mm -hmm. wow okay that's deep
1: (laughs) but I'm enjoying I am enjoying parenting my adults I'm enjoying or being a parent to my adults
0: yeah would you say? Would you say you or you feel like you're more of? I hear this a lot: is adult children that they feel like their parent is more like a a friend in a way. Like they they begin to discover a side of the parent that's maybe more vulnerable. <laughs> I don't know. How, how I'm do laughing
1: you... because you should sometimes hear the, the conversations that I have with my son in particular, and that they put him have with each other. Because he said to me, "Are you the same woman who raised me?" <laughs> and I said, "I'm the same woman." So I always like this. He said, I was always like this. And he'll say things like, if, if I tell my friends that I'm having this conversation with my mother, they won't believe it. Because, of course, at a particular age, he saw me in a particular light. Now I will share it with him in a particular way and, and run certain kinds of jokes with him, right? And sometimes I behave like I am the child. All right? Yeah. So I don't want to do something and I behave like the child. <laughs> so they get to do whatever. I don't want to drive, I want to be driven. And so I I may come closer to throwing a tantrum about the reason why I don't want to drive. You drive. I don't want to drive. And they say, I don't believe you're the same woman who raised me, you know, because mommy then would not, she'd have just picked up the keys and stepped out and do whatever. I didn't have adult children then. I have adult children now, so they can take on some of that responsibility. But I'm enjoying my children. Um, My children are also my friends. My daughter likes to say that I'm Mm -hmm. her best friend. And each time she says it, I push back and I say to her. Go find a best friend among your age group, right? <laughs> Sasha, go find a best friend among your, you know, among your, your 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 colleagues and in your own age cohort. But it's a really good feeling when my children believe that I am I am their friend, and we still maintain the respect and regard of parent and child, or parent to child and child to parent. And for me, that's important. So there's a line that we don't cross, but we're still mm. very good friends.
2: Mm, mm mm
0: mm I love that and I I think it speaks to how, what you said that each stage demands a different way you present and shop for your your child cuz if you were you know how you say maybe you're more vulnerable kind of playful in a in a way that's like if when you were you know if they were younger maybe that wouldn't be as appropriate Because you are the parent, and you need to be responsible for them, and I think that's where maybe uh, because in you know the previous episodes we've been discussing emotionally immature parents, and the term immature means that there are certain areas from an emotional standpoint where many people have experienced their parents exhibiting, and when they needed their parent to show up in a certain way as a child, they didn't get that, but it doesn't mean that you know, if they're an adult child and your parent becomes more of a peer to you, of course, not like you said, not crossing certain lines, maybe that's appropriate, right? Because different stages demand different roles. And so I like how, you know, your son is like, this is not the same parent I had. But it's like, yeah, times have changed. You're an adult child now. And that also means that there are parts of me that you will now see that you didn't see before. And I, I think that just. I think it's beautiful to see that transition and experiencing your parent in a new way. I, th- I think that's exciting. I, I personally, I found that very exciting to experience my parents in that way too. And I'm like, wow, just becoming more free and, and sharing life experiences, struggles, challenges. Whereas at a, you know, as a kid, I wouldn't be able to handle all the stress and trouble that my parents would share with me.
1: Yeah, what, what, what I make sure of, David, is that the fundamental values that guide who I am as a parent that doesn't change. Mm. So they know that those fundamental values that guide who we are as a parent how we engage as parent and adult child or as we did as parent and child those things don't change.
0: Could you share some of those
1: fundamentals? So respect. I'm yeah. big on respect. I, I treat them with respect in all respects <laughs> and They do the same for me, our Mm. Christian values, we pray together, worship is an important part of our lives as individuals and it's an important part of our lives collectively. Family is a a very, very key value for us and family is not just about me and them, but family is about the wider family as well. So how I, I raised them, trained them up to be with their aunts and uncles and their grandparents and with each other how it is that we take care of our community outside of immediate, outside of family. So how do we take care of the elderly? How do you respond to the people that you meet when you go to school? So how do you treat your teachers? How do you speak with them? How do you treat your colleagues? That kind of thing. Those kinds of fundamental things don't shift the things around honesty. Um, around integrity, around advocacy, looking out for other people who may not be a part of your group and using your strengths to support them, right? Because they might be, they might be resources you have that they don't have. How do you use your resources? Those are your, your, your own innate resources or those are the physical things that you have to support other people. So, so the values, the values. I, I, I'm gonna tell my, a little bit of story about my son. When he, when he finished university a few years ago and he was job hunting and he spoke with me about a particular job offer he had gotten. And I mean, it was in his line of work, you know, what he had been trained for, it was going to be paid really, really well. I thought it was a very attractive offer. And um, then one day I said to him, what's happening with that? And he said, I, I didn't, I didn't take it. I didn't accept it. And I said, why? He said, it was not in keeping with my values. Wow. And so wasn't keeping with my values. That's why um, I was very proud. <laughs> wow. I feel very proud. And and yeah, so, so those kinds of things, I I keep them consistent because I had a vision about the kinds of human beings I wanted my children to become, guided by what I think the Lord requires of me. And I am very happy that they have become that. And they are becoming, they are becoming those human beings. Sometimes I will see sometimes that the very mother who taught them and re- reared them to, to be a certain way is saying to them, why are you doing that, you know? So they might be going into what I consider to be dangerous situations because I taught yeah. them to take care of people. And so Sasha, for example, will go wherever she needs to go in areas that I think might not be safe to take care of people. Um, yeah. My son will do a similar thing. And I'm saying, but why don't you do it this way instead? Or have you thought about... This is not and they said, remember you're the one who raised us. These are the things you taught us. So so yeah.
0: Yeah, I've always found that interesting. I found that interesting that the, the like you said, like those strong values that you wanna pass on to your kids, like taking care of people or like, you know, try, you know, maybe it could be something like trusting God and going where He leads you, living a purposeful life, whatever it may be. At times it seems and I I see this with my parents and with lots of parents is that it always comes into conflict with this desire that your child is safe and remains safe. It always seems like the parent's idea of safety is like more, I guess, conservative than the child's draw to follow that value fully the way they feel like they need to follow it. And, And it's like, there's that tension between with the parent is like, but I want my child to be safe. I want them to be secure. I want them to be happy, but at the same time, I also want them to live true to their values and especially the values that I myself wanted them to live by. Yeah, how do you say you try? You navigate that tension and that balance?
1: I trust God. Mm. I trust God. Um, They have learned, my children have learned to think for themselves. They have learned to take care of themselves. So I start by trusting God, and then I trust them. I remember when my son was leaving Jamaica to go to, to university, he left and went to university in the United States of America. And we lived together all his life, right? And I was fussing, this is the word I'm going to use around, are you going to be okay? What are you going to manage? Um, I'm going to have to call you all the days, and so on and so forth. And he said to me, very, very soberly, he said to me, you need to trust the job you did as a parent. Wow. He was 16 years old at the time. He said, You need to trust the job you did as a parent. You have done an excellent job. And it's going to be okay. And if I need you, I'll let you know. That's what he said. Shut me up. <laughs> You're like, That's the child I parented. Yeah, it's my child. Shut me up.
2: Wow. But
1: it is what it is. And so far, so good. They're still both alive. <laughs> well, nobody has died. Hey, so, hey, yeah Yeah. Mm-hmm. nobody has died they're both still alive and doing well and they're yeah good people and yeah. they're god people and that i'm very grateful
0: yeah for. yeah to me that's that's like profound because i'm just thinking i'm like that is like it's the the that need to trust god and to be like oh are they gonna be okay it's like at the same time it's it's a proof that you've succeeded right at your job but then your success is now causing you know you know what i mean it's like it's weird it's like yeah it's like proof that you did your job you know you did a great job and so
1: that's parenting wow. for you. yeah
0: yeah, yeah that's,
1: that's parenting for you
0: that's parenting right there
1: you, you wow. just need to you just need to learn but well, my, my my advice to parents would be to 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 learn to balance no matter how no matter the, no matter the job you do as a parent, you're going to have anxious moments. and now I understand my parents more than I did when I was younger. You're going to have the anxious moments. Do a very good job with them when they're young and you have them in your home. Trust them. Trust yourself in terms of what you're doing. And trust God. And if there's anything you can do, if there's any information that you have that you can share with them about how to continue to take care of themselves, to protect themselves, and so on, and, and by that, I mean, I'm talking about not their safety and security in particular. Share that information with them, but not in a way that's overbearing. Not in a way that's overbearing. in a way that's smart. Yeah. And like, have meetings, have your family meetings, and your family get together. Not just the ones where you're having Christmas dinner and so on, but the ones where you're having serious conversations around what's happening in, in, in your lives. I find, and they're both going to hear this now, I find that... um. They are more likely to take some kind of information from each other than they do from me, and so sometimes I very openly and deliberately will say to my daughter something a concern I'm having in relation to my son, and I will say you might want to mention this to him when you speak with him,
2: mm. kind of thing, right? Mm.
1: Or I might say to him I'm having these kinds of concerns, da, da 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 da. This is what has been top of my mind, so on so on so. He takes a very very different approach he's very cut and dried right and so he'll he'll call up and he'll ask some questions and he'll assure himself and he'll come back and say mommy everything is okay kind of thing right and she will do the same um so so they they'll listen to each other uh sometimes more than they're prepared to listen to you because they will think that you're just being a reward when you when you say mm-hmm. something they're trying to steer some things but mm-hmm. if my son calls up my daughter with certain kinds of concerns she's it, it makes her day, right? So she's more likely to listen yeah. yeah. to him. So you use your resources and use them wisely.
0: Yeah, I think that's a wise of you as a parent to do that because, like you said, it's 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 hard to differentiate as a as a as a child, you know, a child listening to your parent. You're like, how much of this is my parent just worrying and wanting me to be safe versus like objectively, if I heard this advice from someone else, they would say the same thing, right? And it's learning to. Try to discern and not dismiss completely, but it's like, okay, is there something valuable here that I should actually consider beyond the fact that you know my parent is concerned and that's what parents do parents are concerned. I'm curious to hear from you then, like what what are the expectations that you have towards your children as adults in terms of their responsibilities or obligation to you? And maybe extrapolating it to other, you know, as adult children, what are some expectations or responsibilities you see that they should have towards their, their parents? Cause I think, you know, I think, I think that's also something that's not very clear, you know, from things like communication, keeping in touch to, you know, at some point there's also the taking care as your parents age and like, become elderly and more dependent. You know, there's that responsibility there. So what are some things I guess you've seen?
1: So, so I expect my, my children to take care of themselves. I expect mm. them to, to stay healthy. Yeah. Um, physically, mentally, and as best as they can emotionally. That's that's one of my top expectations of them. And of course, to take care of their spiritual lives, I I try to remind them as often as I can what it is through those meetings and worship, um, sessions that we'll have together, just going to church together, just talking about things of God together, to, to maintain and to build their own, to to continue to build and to maintain their own relationship with Christ. So to take care of their health in all of its respects is one of the expectations that I have of them. Um, I expect them to, to take care of each other it's part of, of how they were raised. So taking care of each other, um, is also one of my expectations and as a parent growing them up i began to nurture that at an early early stage and you know the bible tells us the lord tells us in the bible that children should honor their mother and their father and for me that also includes your grandmother and your grandfather and the elders in your life and so i expect my children to honor me as their parent honor Mm. their dad and to honor the other people in their lives and I I have tried my best to pattern what that could look like in their lives Mm. by how I treated their grandparents, not just my parents, but their dad's parents as well. Um, How I treat uh, other older folks in my life and my family members generally. So I expect them to honor their mother and their father. And by extension, are other family members, and I let them know why it is that that is a requirement. I've let them know why that's a requirement. It's not just something that I want from them, but it's what it is. The Lord that the Lord wants from them as well, right? It all. The Bible also tells us in Timothy that he who does not provide for the, he who doesn't provide for his relative, I can't remember the exact wording, and especially for their own household, they are denying they are denying Christ or denying their faith or something like that. I don't remember the exact wording of it. And that doesn't mean that you're going to work and pay for everything for your family members, but you, you have a, a responsibility for family that goes beyond um, the, the, the very obvious thing. So how do you how do you counsel and support? how do you if you're able to give tangible things, how do you give those tangible things? how do you provide advice if you, especially if you have an advantage over? Some of, the, of your family members, and even if you don't, how do you provide counseling advice around education? And how do you provide constant advice around things around um, savings and investment and your financial management and stuff like that? Um, how do you do those kinds of things for your family members? Because a part of taking care of them, including your parents, is to, ens- is to try as best as you can to help them to set themselves up for the future. So as wow. a parent, I don't necessarily expect my kids to support me financially into the future, unless it becomes absolutely necessary. But as children, if, if you can provide good advice about how to invest, how to be a better mm-hmm. financial manager, so I'll be able to take care of myself into the future, then, then, then there's, there's that. And as I get older, as a parent, um, I become more like what they were as children at a point, right? So while I, I might not require you to be there physically taking care of me, as a, as a mother, um, I would expect that you have some input into ensuring that I am being well taken care of. So I might be, I might be in a position, or I will be in a position to, to take care of my own. Um, if I'm, if I'm going to need a practical kind of care, to procure that care for myself and so on and so forth. But are you going to be there as a, as a support on the side ensure that I'm getting the best possible care. If I if I have a particular kind of medical issue that I want to take care of, you may not need to you, you may not it may not be possible for you to be there all the time. But are you gonna be provided with any kind of support as I go through that process? Are you gonna turn up at a doctor's appointment or two with me? Um how are you gonna be doing that? Are you gonna be checking up on me? What are some of the things to expect from my children? I would love for my son to talk with me every day, he doesn't <laughs> Um, <laughs> my children are very, very different people, <laughs> very different. So yeah. I speak to my daughter every day more than once per day. I have to pursue my son um and there was a point in time when i I would do it a lot more regularly. Now, I have come to accept that my son is a lot more like I was when I was younger. Mm. See, sometimes when they're like us, it's uncomfortable. I'm a lot like my my son is a lot like me when I was younger um very independent doing his thing. He 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 reaches out when he has a has a need. And I don't mean that in a in a way that he's selfish. So right. my son would never have a need for, let's say, money and come to me about it. I'll never know. I'll never hear about it. But if my son is emotionally is in emotional pain, he's gonna call me. Or if he's in a particular kind of physical pain he's gonna call me. The funny thing with him is and he may not tell me he's she's hurting physically or emotionally. I will just have to pick up that he's hurting and know how to respond in this situation. My daughter, on the other hand, she's going to call me and tell me everything that's happening. We're going to talk about everything. And she also wants to know everything that's happening with me as well. So one of the expectations I have is communication with, with me as a parent. And part of, part of that communication is to help to provide me with a particular kind of peace of mind that you're okay. So I don't need you to talk to me every day and every week for hours. I just need a, sometimes a sign of life is what I like to call it, right? Mm. So Sometimes I'll just send a text message and say, simple, simple sign of life. So I just need to know you're okay. And you respond, mommy, I'm okay. Are you okay? Right? Um, what do I expect from them? I expect, that, I expect that my children, when they become parents themselves, that they will give me an opportunity to get to know my grandchildren. And to enjoy my grandchildren. The Bible tells us that children's children are a crown to the aged. Mm. Yes, it tells us that in Proverbs. And it says that children are parents are the pride of their children as well. Um, I met that you know, you read the Bible all the time, and some sometimes something doesn't stick with you, but one day it it does, and that stuck with me one day, and it says that children's children are a crown the age and it helped me to understand um why my parents were and why so many grandparents aren't they are with their grandchildren um a lot of parents will tell you that once the children came along it's like they didn't exist it was just the grandchildren that the parents were were all over um and so yeah that helped me to understand that when your children have children it's a crown for you wow. um, and so i'd love to be to have a have a, a relationship with my grandchildren, when my children do have children, um, mm. so what else do I want for them? Again, again, as, as I said, taking care of their health. That's 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 it. Building a relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Good people, being good human beings, showing up in the world, making a difference, making a a name for themselves, and not in a way that says you need to be famous and be making money and so on, but make the kind of name that people will speak of you in terms of the kind of impact and the kind of difference you're making in the world in a good way and that Mm. world might be in a small community but make a difference don't just don't just exist make Mm. a contribution that that Mm. will last in the world make your life here on earth be worth something
2: Mm. Mm.
0: Mm. wow wow yeah you should have there's a lot of wisdom shared there um I I think that a few that stuck out to me um one the part where you mentioned that as we as children are expected to honor our parents honoring can also include providing them with the tools and resources that they need to flourish and succeed at their point in life as well right I think that's that's really yeah, maybe counterintuitive, right? Cause it's like, Oh yeah, my, my parents are the ones who advise me. I don't advise my parents don't need my advice. They don't need any help, but it's like, Oh, maybe you're learning something that your parent might really value, might gain valuable, you know, value from. Um, so that was, that was really good. And also the communication part, I think that's something that, you know, I, I can say the same thing in my family. I have a younger sister and, you know, daily she's always calling my mom. Kenya they're always talking but (laughs) I had to learn over time for me because I could go weeks you know without speaking to my parents calling and you realize the time has just gone and in my mind I'm like yeah my parents are fine I'm fine no need to call we're good um but then starting to realize I I think for me I started to like put myself in my parents shoes a little bit more and like you know you know, first of all, like, you know, the life, life is short. The years pass by very quickly. Um, and I'm sure my parents are curious to hear how I'm doing. Um, and if it's just for that, if it's just to have this regular cadence where, you know, at least every week, once a week, I just try to call and just check in to let them know I'm fine. And just a quick update, then that's good, right That's good enough, and so, just realizing how meaningful it is to them um and then now I'm seeing the value as well for me, and we're learning to have a deeper relationship because of that constant communication so of course it it'll never be like my sister my sister's everyday call to them. like I don't think I'll ever get to that point at least not not now but i see the the value like you said that um yeah i mean for you at some point in your life as a parent your children were your every i mean that's all like they you know they were your world you know that's the, your world is your child and it's like wow okay I,
1: yeah, once once I became a parent, um when Sasha is my first of the two children. Yeah. Once I became a parent, parenting that child and then those children became the axis upon which my life pivoted. Um to a great extent and well, full stop. They were the axis. They were they, they directed everything I did in my life, including where I took my career professional life that I lived in the way that I lived it for a while. Where I took my career, where I worked and so on, I chose organizations and institutions that would allow me to be the kind of parent that I wanted to be, to be able to turn up the school occasions, um, and so on and so forth. So, so that was very, very deliberate for me. Um, and it also, it also changed my relationship with my parents because once I became a parent, I understood my parents better than I did before. I understood their motivations and I understood that it wasn't a, my relationship with them was about me. Yes. But as an adult child, I had to begin to think about what, what they needed more than what I needed. Mm. So I was, I was comfortable to speak with my sister who lived in close proximity to my parents and who, who tell me that they're fine, everything is okay. But after a while, I realized that that wasn't enough. Um, I want that, that assured me that they were okay, but they wanted to hear from me personally. And so it it shifted my life in a lot of ways when I, when I became a parent, including my own relationship with my parents, which was always a very good and strong one, but it became even stronger. Yeah. When I, yeah. When I had children.
0: Right, right. Wow. Yeah, I look, you know, God willing, looking forward to how that will change for for me and you know, and my wife when when we eventually have kids. I'm sure it's going to unlock new paradigms.
1: Life-changing.
0: And, yeah, life-changing, life-changing. Wow, wow. And I I think I also really appreciate that you mentioned it sounds like at least what I'm gaining from this conversation and things we've said earlier and expecting your children to be healthy and to live purposefully is that as one invests in their own growth and self-development, it really does benefit not only your your kids, right? Because you talked about you reading and by example, you're passing this on to your kids. And like as a learner, you're now passing that on, but now you can also pass that on to the generation above you that You can benefit your parents, so like you developing yourself really just impacts cross generationally, it's really helps everyone. Um, that's 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 what I'm getting, you know, from uh, which is profound, yeah. So that's 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 really valuable. And so, um, if I could ask one last question before I let you go, um. You know, I do want to take time to maybe address for maybe people listening here who uh, maybe their their the history with their the relationship of their parents has not been very smooth, been quite difficult for one reason or another. Um they they find it difficult to to have peaceful relations with their parents and now they're adults and it's like Wow, I I hear you, uh, Anne Marie, and I I really would like to have that sort of a relationship where we are communicating constantly, help as much as possible, taking care of my parent. But for one reason or another, it's very difficult for me to interact with my parents. Maybe they, they, you know, maybe they don't listen to me or they criticize me, or it's just a very fraught relationship. Uh, What would you say? to that person in terms of navigating that relationship with their parent who's might be very difficult to interact with and relate with.
1: That's, that's, that's a reality. It's a reality for so many persons who have broken relationships with their parents who never had relationships with parents at, at the critical um, stages of their lives. And those parents might want to be in their lives now But I I take this from a a Biblical perspective, right? Um, The Lord asks us in Matthew, if we only love people who love us, Mm. then where is our reward? Mm. And the Lord also asks us to love our enemies, those who are against us, as we Mm. love ourselves. Mm. Or human minds, it's very difficult for us to wrap our minds and even our hearts around that. But if we, if we lean into Christ and don't allow it to come from our own abilities, but to come from him and his love for us and his example to us, then we can do it. Mm. And it can be done. And so some of the things I would say to people who are in that really, really difficult place, and I say that, and I also say that people need to protect themselves, right? Because sometimes there are people you just need to protect yourself from and to stay away from. However, as if, always respect your parents, even when it's difficult. Mm. Wow. Always respect them, even when it's difficult. Um, I'm a child of God. Mm. And I don't know why he continues to love me sometimes, right? And to take care of me. So even when it should be difficult he continues to love me um so love is not something that we do in our own strength and love is not just an emotion love is a decision so in the same way that you talk to couples and about love being a decision is not just an emotion and a feeling it's you make a decision to love somebody so when the time gets rough or when things are rough you don't just decide you don't just you, you don't go because you've, you've, you're committed to them um Remember that these people, more often than not, they are the ones who cared for you and provided for you to the best of their abilities. Sometimes parents drop the ball not from a place of of deliberateness, but from a a place of not having known better,
2: Mm. not having
1: known how to do better at the time. They may not have had the examples that would have taken them to a place where they could have been the best or better parents to you, So start by respecting them and extend mercy to them. Extend Mm -hmm. mercy to them. Look at them with compassion. As you do with other people. We do to other people in our lives all the time. And you know sometimes it's it's hardest to extend mercy and compassion to the people who are closest to us, right? Yes. Um,
2: Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Choose to use language and words about them to them that will bring life to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Encourage them. Sometimes they need encouragement from you, the child, the adult child. Um, when we get older, as I am beginning to get older, you're you're retired, you're you're slowed down, it gives you a lot of time for reflection. You become very, very reflective, and there are there are regrets that you may have about something that you did or didn't do as a parent. Um There might be even some parents who who have some level of shame about how they were as parents, right? So be an encourager to them. You don't want want that to be what weighs them down in their old age. Encourage them, lift them up, tell them that you love them, forgive them, extend mercy to them as best as you can, right? None of us is perfect and neither are you. Again, do it in a way that you're also protecting yourself and protecting your own children um see to that they're cared for i think we spoke about that before even if you're not able to to be there or to be around them see to that they're cared for and find out what kinds of arrangements are in place and if you can put arrangements in place yourself put those arrangements in place for them um they have passed their most productive years for the most part. Uh, return the favor, and even if it's not a return of the favor, do them the favor of taking care of them. Show your children, their grandchildren, how you would want them to be with you. Because how you treat your parents, even if they were not the best parent, is going to be a powerful example of what you want from your own children when, they, when you become... Um, an adult, a parent of adult children as well. Right? Mm-hmm. Set healthy boundaries, uh, with them, if you can have them in your home, have them in your home. If you don't want to have them in your home, um, then that's a decision you make, let them, which parts of your life can you allow them to be a part of, which still gives them the kind of respect and regard and extend the mercy and so on that we spoke about before. Um, set healthy boundaries for them. And i want to reiterate the point about teaching your children to honor their god grandparents when the bible says honor your mother and your father it also means honor your mother and your father grandmother and father so teach them that um if you are serious about following jesus and as christians as a Christian and the same I think it goes for you that this Christian walk is not easy. How you mm-hmm. treat your parent is a part of that Christian walk. Remember, you know, we have a father in heaven and it's about how we treat our father in heaven as well. Right? Yeah. So how are you treating your father in heaven? Um, and as a result of that, what kind of treatment are you going to give to your father and your mother here on earth, mm-hmm. honor your mother and your father, it you didn't say honor them if they're good, um, or, or honor them until you become an adult, it says, just says honor them and it says Mm. honor them because there's a reward for you when you do that. So as best as you're possible, able to honor your mother and your father, even though they are difficult, set the boundaries, take care of yourself, but yeah, yeah, extend mercy, extend compassion, take care of them and involve Mm. them in your, in family, family events as best as you can, have fun with them, have meetings with them as best as you can.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I love that. I love. I love how practical that was. That it's 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 not just you you know you've not just encouraged us to to to, to honor it even when it's hard, but given that practical advice like what can I still do even when it's hard, especially that might still show my respect, still show my honor, um, and like you said, protecting oneself and keeping boundaries as necessary. Wow this comes, I can't tell you how much wisdom uh, there's been on this I'll have to go back and reflect on some of these especially as I look forward to what I would like to be as a parent and um again with my parents right now how I'd like to show up for them more I think there're lots of takeaways is there anything um that you'd want to leave us with as we as we wrap up maybe anything that Uh, you feel might be helpful as some parting words of of, of advice and uh, anything that maybe we missed out that you'd like to leave us with.
1: I'd like to encourage parents to be allies for other parents. Allies tend to be people who, Supporting and work with you who perhaps are not a part of your group, but I'm shifting a little bit and, and, and inviting parents to be allies for other parents, to form groups, to mentor, uh, and just to be supportive. I want to advise people who are planning to become parents that do not, not to start preparing to be a parent when your child is born or when the child turns up in your home. You start doing not long before. Partner with God around the kind of parent that you want to be. Envision the kind of relationship that you want with your, chil- with your children. Envision the kinds of outcomes that you want with them. Plan, read, educate yourself. Um, and I think I've said it before, lean on the Lord. At Parent Possible, we have a number of principles that drive the work that we do. Among them are collaboration and cooperation, and allyship is one of them, and advocacy is another. It's really about preparing that support. Parenting is a is a very interesting journey.
2: Mm.
1: I talk about parenting the way I do. I thoroughly enjoyed being a parent, but it it has been my most challenging job, my most challenging role to date, wow. on many levels yet it has been the most rewarding thing I've ever done. And I would do it again in the blink of an eye. I have passed the stage of the most challenging bit of parenting, I think, of being a parent. And now I am reaping the rewards of my parenting and reaping the rewards of my parenting is just sitting back and looking at and listening to my my children and seeing how they're showing up in the world, getting feedback from them from other people, Listening to some of the things that they say to me, Sasha said something to me last night, and it's still in my head. It's still in my head because it was such a powerful point, but it was such a proud moment for me. I kept, I was thinking, who is this person who's talking to me? Is that my child? There was just yeah. so much wisdom in what she said, and it was it came so effortless, you know. So there's there's just this reward that I'm now reaping of being a parent to adult children that I I would love for everybody to get there. I look for everybody to have that opportunity. Walk that path of being, of the challenges of parenthood. Do not allow yourself to be diverted by yeah. anything. There are lots of distractions. Fathers, for example, face lots of distractions and they're discouraged a lot in because of how we talk about fatherhood and we and, 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 and sometimes strip them of the responsibility and the role that they have. And I'm not talking about those those guys who really just throw their hands up and don't want to take on responsibilities. Sometimes the in in the way we socialize and we talk in our dialogue and the way we show up as mothers, as as communities, we don't allow them the space, Mm -hmm. even when they're fighting for it that they should have as fathers. I'm asking fathers to fight for your fight for your role. Nobody else can Think about the f- role that the Lord plays in our life, that God plays in our life as our father. That's the role he requires you to play in your children's life. Not for them to worship him. But right. think about who he is. That's who he requires you to be in, your, in the life of your children. So fight for that role. Hold on to it. It's a very, very honorable role. Mm. There's nothing else like it. Um, wow. Thank you. And I will continue wow. to bask in and enjoy the rewards of being a parent of adult children.
0: Thank you so much. Uh, I, I think that it's, it's beautiful to see, see you li- living live in that experience. It's almost like we can catch, capture a glimpse as, you know, as prospective parents, those who might be young parents right now, we can catch a glimpse of what it might look like to be on the other side. And, um, it's good to, like you said, uh, you spoke about mentorships and support groups. I think this conversation, if nothing, should serve as an a, as a, an instruction to really seek out people who are ahead in the journey, who are going through it, who have you know, failed and succeeded and can help you. We're not left alone. You don't have to do it alone.
1: You don't have to be alone. And be yeah. intentional. It seems like you prepare for your career and other things in life. For yeah.
0: yeah. Intentional. Seek it out, seek out the help. And so hopefully this is the first step for many or a step along the way. And so I just want to thank you for taking the time again. Um, we'll leave some links for people in the, in the show notes, uh, so they can, you know, reach out and follow you on your, uh, your, where you are online presence, um, your coaching program as well. We'll leave the links to that as well. And so if you want to, Keep in touch with Anne-Marie. Well, we'll, uh, she's given us the links so you can hunt her down. (laughs) So thank you once again. And yeah, hopefully we'll have you on in the future again. So thank you so much, anne
1: Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. And I look forward to being hunted.
0: She she said it, guys. She said it herself. So please find her. Hunt her down. Yeah. All right.
1: All right, David.